So uh, six weeks ago, we launched not a series. I really felt God wanted us to step into a new season that uh, He was gonna do more and wanted to remind us that not only can He do everything, but He can also do anything. And anything being anything beyond what we could even ask for or imagine. It's something that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And um, we just wanted to actually take a while to recalibrate that approaching God isn't just about giving Him a list. Sometimes about giving Him a blank piece of paper and asking Him to write a list for us. Getting a perspective that, that, that we don't have yet. And in fact, um, we've, we've, we've have, have a team and they'll be available today as well to pray with you. And I briefed them on the first day. I said, said people are gonna come forward for prayer every week during this season. And actually, the typical thing is to come forward and, and ask people to pray for you for, for, for things to change, for circumstances to change. And yet actually, sometimes the best thing to pray for is not the, the circumstances to change, but the perspective on our circumstances to change, to start to see things from a different level. And that very first week, I preached a message called Making Friends with Frustration. Frustration is frustrating. And it's ever-present. And, and, and if stuff matters, it, it should frustrate you and it frustrates, there's things that frustrate me every single day. But if you learn to make friends with them, see, we talked about Paul. Paul described, this is Paul heavyweight of the early church. Paul had, had what he described in metaphorical terms as a thorn in his flesh, something that bugged him every day. And he said, I went to God three times. I said, God, can you get rid of this thorn in my flesh? It's frustrating me. And instead of God taking the thorn away, he said, no, I'm gonna keep the thorn there because rather than just take the, the difficult things away from you, what I want you to do is get a greater re revelation that in the difficult times, my grace, my strength is enough for you. Let it serve as a reminder. Let it drive you to your knees, not in defeat, but in, but in earnest seeking of me and my strength and my power and my grace. That was week one. Great start, making friends with frustration. I love that. The next week we taught a, a message from two of the old, uh, uh, one of the old couples of the old part of the Bible in history, Abram and Sarah. Abram and Sarah within in their 70s and 80s years old. That's not old, but they hadn't had babies yet. And I know, you know, some Hollywood people are popping them out in their 50s. But back then, there wasn't the, the level of uh, technology to allow that to happen. God had promised them that they'd have a baby. In fact, He'd promised them that they'd be, that Abram would become father of many nations. In fact, that, that, his, that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and, and the sand on the seashore. But yet they, 10 years after God promised them that, nothing had happened and they got tired of waiting. See, God often gives us a promise, but He doesn't necessarily tell us when it's gonna happen. And how we deal with delays determines how we'll experience our destiny. And instead of continuing to wait on God and trust that one day He would actually do what He said He was gonna do, even though it's not always in our timing, they took matters into their own hands and decided to have Abram sleep with the servant and things didn't go so good. And the message was all about, it's all part of the plan. But if we have a, an eternal perspective, a long arc thinking, then we're not gonna necessarily feel the need to take things into our own hands when things aren't going our way, a different perspective. The third week I preached a message called Keep Your Head in the Clouds. God 
tells us that His ways are higher than our ways, that His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But, but He doesn't say that in a way that, that reminds us that He's somehow out of reach and, and, and it sucks to be us. He tells us that is, is something to aspire to. It's something that there's a next level. And I said, wouldn't it be great if only there was a church whose name, whose very name suggested that there's a next level that you could actually elevate your thinking. That'd be a great name for a church. And so the message, keep your head in the clouds about an every single circumstance, getting the 30,000 foot view, the God perspective changes everything. Week before last, I preached a message called How to Deal with Disappointment. Big idea around that is that God wants us to see and to use failure as fertiliser. Things don't always go the way we want them to do. That's crap, but don't view it as crap, view it as compost. It's a game changer. See, because a lot of our prayers are getting, are, 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 are actually trying to get God to see things from our perspective. God, haven't you noticed? God, don't you care? God, what are you waiting for? And yet, and yet often, while we're trying to get God to see things from our perspective, He's busy trying to get us to see things from His perspective, which will often change things as well. And so rather than simply and only ever telling God where you want Him to work, one of the greatest prayers we can pray is, God, show me where you're already at work. Because He's always working. Our perspectives matter. In fact, our perspectives are a sign of our maturity. Those of you who have, who have kids or have, have had young kids will know that often when things don't go their way, they chuck a tanty and say, it's not fair. Even if they were the problem, the cause of the, of the bad circumstances. And yet as a sign of our maturing, is when we come to realise that some of the bad things that come our way are actually the result of some stupid decisions we've made. And so we can't, in all good conscience, stamp our feet and say, it's not fair. We have to actually get a different perspective and say, I'm an idiot. I need to do some things differently. We're trying to teach this in Elevate Youth at the moment. The big theme at the moment is, is wise choices, good life, bad choices, bad life. There's a connection there. If teenagers can get that, it's a game changer. And you will have noticed, and I've noticed that a lot of people are hooked into, into bad ways of living because of wrong perspectives. Perspectives matter. Perspectives change everything. If you're a parent, you know the thing about becoming a parent? You know you, know you have to take a test to get your driver's license, but you don't have to take any tests to become a parent. <laughs> you ever notice that? Like, is, is that, what sort of a statement on, 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 on the values of our, of our society does that make? But, but then, you know, Junior arrives and, and, and you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? And hopefully a wise parent said, well, I don't, I've never done this before, uh, but I'm gonna work hard to get a better perspective on how to raise great kids who love Jesus. Um, we push stuff out on our Elevate Kids Facebook page all through the week, every week, right through the year, resources for parents. And I encourage you, if you're a parent and you're not in the habit of checking that out, go to Facebook slash I am Elevate Kids and you'll see a consistent stream of resources. And we're putting them out there, not that anyone's got all the answers, but to help you get a better perspective on raising kids. If you're in business, business owner, business leader, middle management, whatever it is, the perspective on how to, how to lead things into the future. If you just wanna maintain things, you don't need a new, a better perspective. You can just copy and paste. 
But if you wanna usher into the future, you've gotta actually do some things and learn some things and see some things that you've never seen before. It requires a new perspective, a higher perspective. If, if you're uh, serious about managing your, your, your personal finances God's way, which I simply put uh, give, invest, live off the rest, then, then you need some perspectives that are different because you don't get taught give as the first thing to do with your money in, in the local um, management, uh, financial management courses, apart from Robert Kiyosaki's, and that's a whole other story. He leads it to the last chapter. That's weird to me. Um, if you wanna enjoy optimal health, don't, don't do what's caused you to be in bad health. Don't look at, at how the, well, you could look at how the person next to you who's got poor health, you'd look at them and get a perspective on what not to do. But, but become the CEO of your own health and, and, and figure out what it, what it looks like to enjoy optimal health. Because optimal health is actually God's perspective. He designed us for optimal health, not just for survival. Elevate team members. Man, I was so proud yesterday. Uh, elevate team members. We don't want our teams, elevate teams, to just copy and paste. Not even from one week to the next, let alone from one month or one year to the next. And yesterday, we had a fleet of team members out at professional development courses, uh, handing their kids off. These were, these were all happened, uh, by coincidence, happened to all be parents of younger children themselves. And on a Saturday, which as you know, can be precious uh, family time, um, they handballed their kids off for the day while they went and did some professional development, elevate kids teams, members elevate youth team members because they want a, a, a better perspective on how to do what God's called them to do in the area of ministry. <coughs> Fantastic. As much as it's important to have a better and a clearer perspective of things like health and finances and leadership and parenting, uh, I wanna spend our time this morning to talk about what I think is unequivocally the most important things we need to have a clear perspective. And they're very simply, I put them in this order. Who God is, not who you say He is, who He says He is, and I'll get to that in a minute. What God can do, which is pretty incredible, by the way, it's a pretty long list. Uh, who God says you are, not who your parents, boss, neighbour, argumentative spouse says you are, who God says you are, and then what God says you, we can do. These are the four most important things we can get perspective on. I just wanna break them down. I'm gonna teach, okay? So, so can, we, can we put on our learning hats this morning? Has everyone got their learning hats on? Do they do this at school? We used to have to go, oh, okay. Put an imaginary hat on. So put your imaginary learner hat on. And uh, let's start with who God is. You know, throughout history, like, like we might just say God, okay? God, God is God. But throughout history, in various times in history, when God appeared to different groups of people, He actually used a different name. He didn't just turn up every time and say, hey guys, I'm God. He used a different name. And every name that He used re revealed a different facet or different aspect of who He is. Right Now, these are one of the first things I learned when I went to Bible college, the names of God. And I learned them in, in Hebrew, okay? Which isn't helpful unless you also translate them. I'm gonna do that this morning. One of the things, one of the names that God revealed He is, is Jehovah, Jehovah, that's the God piece, Jireh. It's Hebrew for the Lord will provide. God is Jehovah Jireh. He's not just God, He's God, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Always, every time, provide. Jehovah Jireh. 
I'll come back to that, by the way. He's Jehovah Rapha. Rapha, the Lord will protect. It's, it's, a, it's an image of a shepherd. And by the way, because we don't have a clue about, about being a shepherd, uh, we think it's about, oh, it's love, little lamb. God does that all the time. That's one a, a part of the job description. Shepherds care for the sheep, but, but you know, they also protect the sheep because sheep are dumb and sheep get attacked and sheep can't defend themselves. And, and, and God wants us to understand that He cares for us and He protects us. When we know that about God, it, it can change our perspective in a circumstance where we're coming under attack. God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who protects. Mm. He's El Shaddai. This is the one that got the most publicity, thanks to Amy Grant. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And, 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 the, and the meaning of El Shaddai is, is the all-sufficient one. We run out of stuff. He never will. We run out of strength. He never will. We run out of money. He never will. We run out of faith. He never will because He's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And so how does that work? What, what, what difference should that make? And, and, and I don't mean make an hour on a Sunday. I mean, I mean, what difference does that make Monday through Saturday? Well, here's an example. About, uh, about a month ago, uh, Louie, wife, uh, she was leaving for work. Um, she, she leaves the house 6.40am on the way to, to work, 20 minute drive. She's leaving the house. And uh, we live in, the, our house is the rear of, of a two house block thing. And she's driving, she's, so she reverses in so that she can drive out forward in the morning. With a narrow driveway, it's better than when, you, when your wing mirrors are fogged up. You don't wanna be reversing out of a narrow driveway. You just wanna go, this is good, genius. So she's driving out the front, gets past the front house and, uh, and, and there's a car parked on the verge and then there's a big whopping tree on the other verge, either side of our driveway. And then, so Louis can't, can't see, you know, traffic that's coming. Then there's a car parked on the, on the curbside on both sides. So, so Louis couldn't see out to the road as she's approaching the end of our driveway and then getting to the end of our driveway because she couldn't see either. Plus, she's a midget and she drives a midget car. So she couldn't see over or through. She's looking into the grill of the cars that are parked, all right? That's, that's Louis' perspective. So, so Louis, you probably should look under. Uh, anyway, um, so Louis, so, but she, but she, does, she does the smart thing, just inches forward in front of the car, in front of the, just inches forward and then you can get, okay, cool, I'm clear. This bozo, wasn't you, Miyuki, I hope. This bozo comes screaming around the corner. Louis didn't see him until she finally got, got out and, and clips the front and, and peels a big uh, layer back from her front bumper bar, okay? He stopped. Louis said, mate, didn't you see me? He said, yeah, I just couldn't be bothered swerving. <laughs> Louis at that moment wanted to talk with him about Jesus, <laughs> about how she wanted to help him meet him that very minute. <laughs> now we're insured and, 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 and you know, that's the thing. It, the, the, the claim was that there was actually Louis' fault. She caused the accident by not stopping for Mr. Bozo. And we're insured, but $500 excess. Okay, that's, that's, that's the early in the week. Uh, later in the week, I'm out cycling. I'm going down through Cottesloe and uh, some drivers, I'm on my push bike. Uh, some drivers, 
This is one of my, I'm gonna get the T-shirt, Stevie, you and me, baby. Uh, some drivers mistakenly think that roads are for transporting cars. They don't understand that, no, no, roads are for transporting people. And some of those people are in cars, but some of those people are in Lycra. (laughs) We're burning fat, not oil. So, you know, we deserve respect. You like that? Not you, Stevie, you don't have anybody fat. Um, Foothill Cycles, official sponsor and bike supplier of Elevate Church. Um, And photographer. Um, So this guy decided that the road isn't big enough for the both of us and decided to to push me off the road with his his bumper. And, uh, you know, car V bike, car one, bike zero. Um, And uh, so I had to get my bike repaired. The guy didn't stop, hit hit and run. You know, cowards do that. and uh, people didn't get his registration. I was actually licking bitumen, okay, as he drove off. So no, I didn't get his registration. Um, and, and then I got my bike repaired, I had to get my bike repaired. And that was about another $500. So in that week, it was a $1,000 unplanned week. Now, look, we, we didn't you know, end up sleeping in the bus shelter, we, we, but, but, but we had better plans for that $1,000. And, uh, but, but, you know what got us through without even really getting too spun up about it is that we remember always that God is Jehovah Jireh, that even if a bozo clips Louis with his front bumper or clips me with his back bumper, pull up to my bumper, baby, uh, Jehovah Jireh, a thousand bucks, he's got it sorted. He's got it covered. We don't have to get stressed. We, don't have, we, we, we have a God who will provide. What can God do? Well, He can comfort you. One of the great things about God is He comforts the disturbed and He disturbs the comfortable. Point is, you need one or the other depending on whether you're one or the other at any given point in time. He, he renews your strength. This is one of, in the 21st century where we live at increasing velocity, coupled with a decreasing ability to say no in many cases. We live exhausted, many of us, and we've forgotten that that's not normal. It's, we think it is normal, it's common, but it's not normal. And late last year, I preached a message on beating burnout. And at the end of that message, I asked people who were feeling burnt out to stand and I wanted to, to pray for them. And I, I challenge them as well. You're gonna to have to also change your approach, figure out what caused you to get to the place of burnout and maybe you know, and change some things. But I wanted to pray for them because I wanted to, them to, to understand that God can work in them to actually recharge their batteries. We had a lot of people standing up when I asked to stand up if you're feeling burnt out, a lot. And I was thrilled that they'd stood up that they felt safe here to, to stand up and say, there's a part of my life that's actually breaking down. And, and, and we pray for them. There's seasons where I've felt burnout or close to burnout or, or energy waning dramatically. Here's the perspective that, that God declares that I claim. He declared it through Isaiah. I'm gonna put it up on the screen. He, he, he said to people and He's saying to us in this 21st century pace of life, life that we live, 
that he's actually got a different perspective on how we can live a life that is, is, is flourishing and energized and, and, and blowing up in the good sense of the word. Do you not know? Have you not heard? He's trying to get their attention. Hey, hey, you guys trying to do too much or do, only, do everything in your own strength, your own way. I wanna, I wanna show you there's a different perspective. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary. That's good. And His understanding, no one can fathom. Meaning He's got this sorted. Oh, that's good. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That's good. Even youths grow tired and weary. It's not just you, old person. And young men stumble and fall. Well, we all know that. But here's the antidote. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And if those two magic tricks, comforting and renewing strength aren't enough, uh, God can also do everything. Okay. Who God says you are. He says we are righteous, meaning we're right with God. Meaning when we say, God, Jesus, we wanna put our faith in You, forgive us of all our sins, our separation from God is, is closed. We're now in right standing. And when you fail, when you think you don't measure up, when you do something stupid, when you have thoughts that aren't God's thoughts, you don't have to beat yourself up. You need to remind yourself that I am right with God. I might have to ask forgiveness for some of the things I've done, but I don't have to beat myself up for them. I might have to change the, the, the course and learn from them and grow in wisdom, but I don't have to beat myself up. I'm never separated from God when I've confessed my sins and put my faith in Him. I'm right with Him, righteous at all times. Here's one. You're the head and not the tail. Well, that's good. I don't like looking at the tail or something. Head's right. Head and not the tail. I asked our team last week, not ask them, I gave them a challenge. How about you see yourself as having the potential to be the most influential person in your workplace? Not necessarily the boss. You don't have to be the boss to be the most influential person in your workplace. What about the most influential person in your industry? What about the most influential person in your family? What about the most influential person in your community? What about the most influential person in your school setting? Is that possible? Is it possible? Well, God actually says, yeah, he declares it, we are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. Here's where he said it, Deuteronomy 28 verse 13. God will make you the head, not the tail. You'll always be the top dog. I like that, put that on your business card. Never the bottom dog. As you, ah, oh, okay, if we do something. As you obediently listen to and diligently keep the commands of God, your God that I'm commanding today, influence. And then he says he's more than a conqueror. I, I, I haven't got time to unpack that today, but it's good. You're missing out. And then he talks about stuff we can do. He says we can move mountains with our faith. In fact, he said, even if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed, which is real small, we can move mountains with our faith. Mountains with just, oh, I've only got a little bit of faith. Yeah, <laughs> and guess what? You can move mountains. 
Because it's not actually just your strength, it's your faith activating and releasing God's power in situations. We can do all things through Jesus. All things He's called us to, but all things. And all things are possible for believers. And God didn't give us His promises just so we can put them up on Instagram. He gave them so that we could actually claim them and live them and declare them and orient our perspective to His perspective. And over time, as we orient our perspective to His perspective, our lives, they'll never be perfect, but they will get closer to the alignment of the life that God has promised for us. And even when things are crappy, as the Scottish might say, we can still have a perspective that God's still at work in us and through us, even when things aren't looking so good on the surface. Now I skipped through this real quickly. There's a resource, it's called SlideShare. Uh, we put all of our slide decks from every Sunday on SlideShare. Um, you could download the app and just put in my name, yours truly, you're welcome. Or you can go to, if you're more of a desktop, whoa, 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 easy on the trigger there, Zodwa. Uh, you can, um, Jared, training opportunity, itchy trigger finger, man alive. Um, we put our slides up and, and what I encourage you to do is actually, is actually listen to a podcast with the slide deck and it's nearly, not even nearly, nearly as good as being here live. It's not even close. Uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. All right. Now, Go to our Elevate app, click on the Bible. It'll take you to a story. I'm gonna really, really, really rip through this morning. In the early church, two of the heavyweights, the heaviest heavyweight champion of the early church is a guy named Paul. And uh, one of his wingmen is a dude named Silas. And uh, the early church pioneers were considered troublemakers because the Romans wanted things the Roman way. And the early church leaders, yes, typical Italians, the uh, early church leaders wanted things Jesus' way. And sometimes those two ways collided. And so the, the authorities, the worldly authorities, the Romans would, would, would often throw the church leaders into prison. Hmm, think you were having a bad day. All right, so here's an example of that. By this time, the crowd had turned into a, relent, into a restless mob out for blood. The judges went along with the mob, great leadership boys, uh, had Paul and Silas's clothes ripped off and ordered a public beating. After beating them black and blue, <clears throat> they threw them into jail, telling the jailkeeper to put them under heavy guard so there'd be no chance of escape. And the jailkeeper did just that, threw them into the maximum security cell in the jail and clamped leg irons on them. Let me just pause right there. I don't want you to miss this. This isn't the point of the story this morning, but I'll give you a bit of, bit of bonus content and I don't want you to miss this. Right then, right then, the jailer threw them into the maximum security cell in the jail and clamped leg irons on them. Right then, the jailer did one thing right and he did one thing wrong. His job was to keep them in the jail. He did one thing right, he clamped leg irons on them. Now you'll find out, spoiler, you'll find out later on that that actually didn't help anything. But he thought he was doing the right thing. So he did one thing right, but he did one thing wrong. Right there, he did one thing wrong. Have a look at that. He threw them into the maximum security cell in the jail. You getting this? You're pretty smart, come on. The easiest way for the devil to defeat you is to isolate you, to get you out on your own, to get you where you don't have a wingman around you to, to, to hold you up, to pray with you. 
If you think you can follow Jesus effectively on your own, you are deluded, my friend. Because we need to follow Jesus for ourselves, but you'll never effectively follow Jesus by yourself. He threw them, he didn't know it was, was, was a bad move. He threw them into the same cell. They were together. It was a bad, 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 short-sighted move on behalf of the jailer. That's one of the reasons we gather here every single week because doing Jesus following on your own isn't very effective. That's one of the reasons we have Elevate groups and Elevate teams because following Jesus on your own, you're an easy target, easy target. Along about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. No, I'm not gonna break out an impersonation. Would not be good for anybody. The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears because you know people in maximum security cell in shackles aren't meant to be singing praise songs. And then without warning, a huge earthquake, the jailhouse tottered and every door flew open. All the prisoners were loose. Paul and Silas were in a maximum security cell, having been beaten black and blue, in chains, and they decided that the best play was to start praising God. (laughs) If we're not careful, we can get conditioned into thinking that the only time God's worthy of praise is when He's doing things good, the way we think and define good, And then when things aren't good, God's not worthy of praise. In other words, we only praise Him from the mountaintops. We don't praise Him. We only curse Him in the valley. Life has mountaintops. Life has valleys. And despite our circumstances changing, one of the most important things we need to understand is God never changed. He's worthy of praise because He's God, not worthy of praise because He's a vending machine, okay? And so a question that, 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 that I like to ask and that's critical to ask when we are in the valley is, are you going to let your chains break your praise or your praise break your chains? We have a choice. We don't have a choice always about our problems, but we always have a choice about our perspective. And in what can, was considered and what on the surface was obviously a helpless situation from some people's vantage point in a maximum security jail, beaten black and blue, in shackles, they realised that they may have been temporarily helpless, but they were never hopeless because they had a perspective and that was God's perspective. And they started singing praise songs to Him. See, your perspective will either become your prison or your passport. It'll either confine you to the way things are, sing songs about your circumstances. Oh, woe is me. Life is so crappy. Sing it again. Or we sing songs of praise to the God who never changes, even though our circumstances change. And when we do that, we can start getting a glimpse of the way things can be. Hmm, okay. It's good. This is good. Yeah? Yeah, 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 I know. I know. I mean, I mean, tell me anyway, but I do know. This is good. Because, I mean, Picture this, right? We read that, read that, okay, good. Picture this. Can you imagine? <laughs> okay, picture this. If, if their prayers had been different. So Paul and Silas, in shackles, beaten black and blue, maximum security cell, 
midnight, no Wi-Fi. Paul says to Silas, well, this sucks. Silas says, yeah, I know. Paul says, I thought, I thought God was Jehovah Rapha. That's what Mark said. God who protects. Obviously, Mark's full of crap. Yeah, I know. This is God's protection. I don't want any of it. I'll tell you what, Silas, if we do ever get out of here, because they didn't like that we're so passionate about Jesus, maybe we should just tone it down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Night. Night. Nothing would have changed. But they didn't let their chains break their praise. They let their praise break their chains. They were free before they were freed because of their perspective. We're never helpless or hopeless if we trust in Jesus. But here's the thing. One of the most important life lessons you need to learn the songs. Before you end up in jail. I, 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 I want to praise him. Mark said I should, but I don't know how. You need to learn the songs before you end up in jail. You know, one of the things that, as a church leader, that breaks my heart the most is, is some people are only desperate for God when their circumstances are desperate. Now, okay, better late than never, but better early than late. Paul and Silas knew the songs, they knew God. They knew him when they were on the outside, circumstantially free. And so when their circumstances changed, they were still free and they were able to praise because they'd already learnt the songs. Don't wait until life gets so desperate and you feel so helpless to start praying to God. Don't wait until circumstances turn on you and you feel like you can't change them around to start making uh, being here on a Sunday a top priority rather than check my calendar, see if there's nothing else on and I might see you Sunday. Yeah, all right. Hope that Sunday's not the day where everything crumbles because we'll be here and you won't. We'll be praising and you'll be eating red velvet cupcakes as medicine. That's my theme music to shut up. So I will. Let me pray. Let me ask one more question and, and I'm going to pray. Uh, it's a question we ask every week. We ask the question here. We ask the question Friday night with our Elevate Youth. We ask the question now out in Elevate Kids. And the question is simply this. 
have you made your own personal decision to follow Jesus? And if you haven't, I'm glad you're here because we're gonna give you the opportunity right now to make that decision. Yes, Jesus, I will follow you. Yes, Jesus, I will put my faith in you and begin that journey of following Jesus. So right now, for those of you that have never made the decision to say, yes, Jesus, I wanna follow you, just put your hand up and you're saying to him, that's me today. That's my decision. And when I see your hand, you can put it down and then we'll just pray for people. Good on you, buddy. You can put your hand down. Who else? See your hand, you can put it down. Who else? Good on you, sweetheart. Awesome, fantastic. Who else? I don't wanna miss anybody. I'm already over time, but look, you know, you guys get it. We'll, we'll take as long as we need. This is the most important thing we do. Okay, let's pray. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it real simple. I'm gonna actually say a, a sentence and I want you to repeat that sentence out loud, not to me, to God, okay? And those two people that raise their hands, especially say these words after me, but we're all actually gonna say it together because we're your wingman in this journey. All women. Dear Jesus, today I have decided to follow You, to put my faith in You, to put my trust in You. I ask You to forgive me of everything I've done that's below Your standard. I thank You that You give me a brand new start. You give me a fresh slate. I am a new creation. And I commit to follow You from this day forward for the rest of my life. In Jesus' Name I pray. And we all say Amen. Amen. And we all celebrate those two people who made that decision today. That's really, 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 really cool.